Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Carmel Macchiato? That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere and tolerate If you cannot help a person, wow. don't hurt them. Especially Always just whole essences that bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday, every every Saturday at 10 a.m. I would like to thank. The studio audience, I would like to thank my the men who are hanging out with me in the cafe today. It's going to be an awesome, amazing conversation. I'm so excited about it. Um, as we approach, um, wrap up the month of June where we handled and covered and just kind of dive in a lot of conversations as they relate to men and male-related topics, this one here takes the cake. This one here sums it all. I think this topic we're going to discuss this morning a lot of us can relate to, because if you are a female who's had a daddy, who's had a son, or who's had an uncle or a brother, you can relate. If you are a male, you can relate. So this topic is is for you. Um, the end result is that you'll walk away with a new concept, a new perspective of how to relate, feel, and understand men. So here we go. Without further ado, let's let me introduce, um, you see here I got this amazing young man hanging out with me in the cafe today. Welcome to the show. Thank Welcome you to the for show. Oh, I appreciate you hanging out with me this morning. You know how we do it. Yeah, yeah, everybody can't wake up and just look hey. like that and show up, hey. you know, on the set. Hey. hey. <laughs> well, thank you, Lockman, for being, yeah. for being a, okay. So Lockman is here to represent, um, he is a male, of course, and he is a father. And he has a lot, he has a large family, and he influences a lot of people in the communities in which he travels. The Stephen community, uh, he's been uh, a lifelong um, employee of, of the government, so he has um, just made a lot of friends there. He's a very popular guy. And I appreciate having him here and having this insight. So that's my disclaimer. You heard that right. So we're going to be fighting later. But you heard me say I appreciate having him here, and I'm, and I'm thankful. We're going to have a good show. You're welcome. All right. So the, now the guy who is um, who's going to bring the wisdom to this piece of information is, is, is a person who has uh, a long history in sales. Um, primarily known in real estate. He's written several books, quite a few books. And I was surprised to see that he, instead of writing a book on sales or real estate, he chose to go on a different path. And I'm going to let him tell you about that path that, he, that he's taken and why he chose to write this book. So let's welcome 
to the cafe, Stefan Arneo. Good morning. How are you, Stefan? Good morning, Soy. Doing well. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. Now, Stephanie, you have a long history in real estate and sales, and you've written quite a few books that have been best-selling and doing pretty well. And then you chose to write a book relating to the men species. How did that come about? Well, so I've been an entrepreneur for almost 10 years now, and, um, you know, been in the real estate space and, and you know, became a self-made millionaire before 30 and, you know, done well. And last winter I, I was in the jungle fasting. So that means no food for 18 days. I came home and my young employees, my young men employees, 20 years old, 21, 22 years old were complaining to me. They said, I don't like you. You're mean. This isn't my dream. I don't love this. And I had to sit them down. They ganged up on me. It was almost like a mutiny where the, the people on the pirate ship take over the ship from the captain. And I had to sit them down, and I said, look, guys, I had to give them a how-to-be-a-man talk, and I realized that these young men, none of them had fathers. And so I didn't want to give the talk again, so I spent six hours giving this talk, and then the, the next day I started writing this, this little paper called Hard Times Create Strong Men, and 11 days later, it's a 624-page book. It's 151,000 words, and it is the man Bible on how to be a man in money, sex, religion, and politics. And I was afraid of it at first because it was kind of offensive. It was very blunt. And, uh, you know, I sat on it for six months. I didn't do anything with it because I was afraid it would ruin my career. And I've, I released it, and it sold out the first run, and uh, the second run's come out, and people are just loving it. They're changing their lives, and it's uh, it's a big hit. Awesome. It's a big hit, yes, because a lot of people can relate. You know, I, I think that material crosses barriers of, of age. I think it crosses barriers of race, you know, because I think that we – I think humanity is experiencing this issue with, with men. Yeah, well, cer- certainly the Western world. I mean, you know, in, in the Western world, which is the United States, Canada, England, you know, the the Western countries, you know, maybe North Europe, this is certainly a problem. And there's a cycle of history. It goes hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. And we're at the part of the cycle at the end where hard times create strong men are coming. Now, if you went to some maybe African countries, I'm sure they're on a different part of the cycle. If you went to maybe some Asian countries, maybe they're on a different part of the cycle because I'm, I'm really talking about Western countries. But, uh, you know, it's an 80-year cycle. It goes 20 years in each part, so 20, 20, 20, 20. And the last time we had really hard times was 1940. So, you know, my prediction is in 2020 we're going to enter 20 years of hard times. And that's not a good mix with our young, soft millennials right now because the millennials have been spoiled. They've grown up in 20 years of good times, and it's going to be kind of rude when it switches to hard times. So your material states that we're, we're living in a cycle that, that, that we have, we can do nothing about this. Is this something that we are just automatically um, 
fused into where we just have no control over it and we need to adapt to this? Is, is that your theory? Well, it's kind, of, it's kind of like the seasons. You know, there's spring, summer, winter, fall. Uh-huh. And the seasons are the seasons. I mean, you know, you can have a, a, a very bad winter or you can have a mild winter, but winter comes. Spring comes, summer comes, fall comes, and you know this cycle of history has been going on for forever in the Western world, and uh, I don't really see it changing. I mean, it really is. You just have to prepare for the winter, and I don't know if you can prepare everybody, but you can certainly prepare yourself. Okay. So I, I want you to I want you to explain to to us and to the audience how to prepare ourselves. But before we do that. If you can just zoom back in and real quickly explain those cycles so that we don't lose people. I want people to, to stay with us. And so if you can just, listen, explain it to me. Like, explain that those 20 years of cycles, and, and, uh, and then we can zoom into where we are and how do we prepare for, for this. Yeah, sure. Well, it goes, it goes hard times create strong men for 20 years. Strong men create good times for 20 years. Good times create weak men for 20 years, and weak men create hard times. So the last time we had hard times was 1940 and World War II, so it was hard times create strong men. Then strong men create good times was 1960 till 1980. Good times create weak men was 1980 to 2000, and weak men create hard times has been the last 20 years. So we've been, we've been in a time of weak men for the last 20 years, and, and we're at this point now where I think things are reaching a breaking point. And a book like Hard Times, Create Strong Men, I don't think would have existed five years ago. I never would have even thought about it. And here we are with, uh, you know, I think we're going to have a bit of an awakening here. And it is like an awakening. When people read my book, when they read Hard Times, Create Strong Men, they go, oh, my God, I've been thinking all these things, but no one has said it. So we're in the fourth cycle. Is that correct? We're at the end, yeah. We're where uh you know, weak men are creating hard times right now. That's the last twenty years and twenty twenty is hard times create strong men. Oh, twenty twenty is hard times. Hard times. So how do we prepare for this cycle of life? Well, I I think really, so it comes down to philosophy. It really comes down to um, having, having a stoic philosophy, which is, you know, the Stoics were, were the ancient Greeks and Romans. And they believed that, you know, you had to do things that you didn't necessarily feel like doing. We, We live in this world right now that's addicted to pleasure and we want to do what feels good. And we want to do what, we like to do and not do what we have to do. And the Stoics, they believe that, you know, virtue was the highest order. And we've turned into an Epicurean kind of society where Epicurean means pleasure is the highest order. And so, you know, in my book, I, I have a quote by Will Durant, a nation is born a Stoic and dies an Epicurean. And we, we were born, and especially the United States, was born out of war, was born with strong men, you know, guys like George Washington. And now we've got guys who are addicted to porno, addicted to video games, addicted to every other pleasure. And, you know, they're not the kind of guys that founded the country. They're not the kind of guys that fought on D-Day in World War II. These are 
soft guys who work at Starbucks. And, you know, they're just not the same guys. They have safe spaces and they have cry spaces. And if we had to round all these guys up and have a war where they fight for us, I think we'd be in trouble. Oh, the guy, you said they have to have safe spaces, huh? Yeah, safe spaces. Yeah, safe, safe spaces. You know, the, the guys who fought in D-Day in World War II, they didn't have any safe spaces. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, um, so let me ask you this. So according to the disciple, and, and just kind of looking back at, at history and looking um, and just kind of realizing, looking at my family, you know, um, and um, as I hear you kind of lay out what that cycle has been, I started thinking about family and friends and, and people I know. And you know how we just naturally put people, uh, we have these pictures in our mind and we place people in that we think they fall into. So no offense. Anyone listening or watching? How do we how do we prepare our men, young men, young men coming into the world, um, approaching the twenty twenty five ish, starting to get on their own, knowing what we know now, knowing what we know now in this moment? What can you say to mothers or dads to prepare their young men to deal with this epidemic? What would well, you I, say? Think, I think we have to go back. We have to go back to raising men. Soy. I mean, treating treating boys like boys, and and making them into men is is really. I think that's the basics. It's almost like going back to what our grandfathers had, and you know, letting letting boys you know letting boys climb trees and letting them play with guns and letting them uh, play cowboys and cops and robbers and all this stuff like. It really goes back to just letting the letting the boys be boys. And we live in this world now where if you have a young boy and he's in the school system, they're gonna drug him with medicine to make him act more like a girl. You know, they call that ADHD or ADD to make him sit there and be docile like a little girl. And then on the flip side, we have uh, people encouraging little girls to be more like men. Well, that doesn't really work either because Men and women are as different as cats and dogs, different animals, different desires, different instincts. And we've uh, we've got this idea where we want to make everybody completely equal. And I think that's kind of foolish. It's better to say men and women are different. They're complementary. They can do different things. They think differently and, and embrace the differences and make the differences work together instead of trying to make everybody the same you know that's something that came from communist russia in 1917 they tried to make everybody the same and that's in fact where feminism was born out of was communist russia and it was actually a horrible horrible experiment that didn't go right at all you know Stephen, um some years ago i i learned of this um concept that um and, and this is it's race bordering, but I, I learned of this concept of this um, this guy. He was he would teach slave owners um, how to break um, a black man, and the concept was that you would remove the man from the home, 
and it will then shift the responsibility, the reality, and the mindset of those behind him. So if the man is removed from the home, and, and you know, we're, we're past those days now, it's, it's, it's slavery where they're dragging him out, you know, it's, it's other things that are taking the man out of the home. Um, broken relationships, um, crime, um, you know, murder, um, all kind of reasons why the man is removed from the home. And sometimes relationships just doesn't work. But, but the point is that he, he would tell them that if you would remove the man out of the home and, and do it in such a way that imp- it imposes fear on the family, they would forever protect the male. And protecting the male would mean changing how you treat him to, um, as you explained earlier, make him more um, domicile or make him more feminine in, in, in such a way because you, you are teaching him to hide and to lay back and to let the woman lead for fear that he would be removed from the home. Are you familiar with thoughts or theories or articles or books speaking to that concept? Did we lose you, Stephen? Well, while we wait for Stephen, Bob, you heard of that? Hey, yeah. Joy, can you hear me? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can hey, hear so you. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, what you were saying there about the slave owners breaking down the families, you know, that's that's going on right now in the United States. If you look at the statistics of the black population, you know, in 1950, 1960, they were, a lot of them were married. There was black homes and fathers and mothers were married. And nowadays the divorce rates are, are out of control. And they take the, the young black men, they put him in jail. If he has a little puff of marijuana, they put him in jail. They take away his voting rights. He's in jail. Then the young boys and girls in the family, you know, statistically, if your father's gone, uh, the young boys end up in jail too, and the young girls end up as strippers or prostitutes. So it completely ruins the home. And another example I talk about in Hard Times Create Strong Men was what the British did in Canada with the aboriginals. They did the same thing. They took away the fathers. They took away the mothers. They raised the kids in state-run schools, and you know the, the native, the natives in Canada, are completely broken people, and it's it's because they took the fathers out. And, and really, the men are the backbone of the culture. The men create the culture, and the women fit into the culture. And when you destroy the men, you really destroy the whole thing because. Women, women follow culture. They don't create it. And that's where, that's where the entire thing completely capsizes. If you take out the leadership and take out the men, then everything else is easy to control. So it's pretty, it's pretty scary when you look at this stuff because we have the same thing going on right now. You know, you have rich white women like Hillary Clinton who is married and has her baby. She'll tell poor black women to be divorced and abort their babies. So she'll say, do the opposite of what I do. And she sells them this path that's the opposite of what she does and says that that's the way to go. So we have such a messed up idea nowadays where people think getting divorced is the right idea. They think that aborting their baby is the right idea. They think all these ideas are the right thing. Whereas the rich, powerful, successful people do the opposite. Mm. 
Well, that's, that's pretty touching um, and very sensitive, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's very sensitive. Uh, and I have split opinions on, about that. So, we'll, look, we have to get you back on the show to, to talk more about that concept. Uh, pretty interesting, pretty interesting. Um, but back to, back to the men, back to the men. And, and that guy that I was mentioning and referring to was, was Willie Lynch. He, he was um, the, um, I guess he was like a leader of slave owners. And um, and they, it was called the Willie Lynch Letters is what he would write and, and have these speeches about. But back to um, the men, and, and we want to make sure that we give them uh, some information before we, we leave the show. Tell us a little bit more about what we can learn from your book and where people can get a copy of it. Yeah, well, they can get a copy at Hard Times Create Strong Men. It's hard times create strong men, and and what? Uh, or sorry, it's hardtimesstrongmen.com. Hardtimesstrongmen.com, and and what they what they're going to learn in there, soy is is what is a man in the modern world in money, sex, religion, and politics, and it's the four four parts of a man, and really, it uses examples of history, stories from history, you know, things that worked, things that didn't work. And, you know, after people read the book, usually they go, wow, like women go, wow, I want a man like that. And men go, wow, I have to be a man like that. And it's, it's really great for everybody because, you know, men want to be strong men and women want to have strong men, either as sons or as, as partners and mates. And uh, right now we live in this world where it's almost impossible to define and find a man that is strong and good and he, he can actually lead, you know, so this book really applies to just about everybody out there right now. So I heard you do uh, an audio uh, clipping and you said that this book is not for women. <laughs> it is not for women. It is meant for men. <laughs> so are you recommending that women do not, um, that they not buy the book, or they not read it. Well, I I put in I wrote in the beginning of the book. I said, hey ladies, you know, you may read this book, but it's not designed for you. It's not designed for women. We're not pandering to women. We're not trying to make women feel good by reading this book. But a lot of women do read it, and they really like it because they're reading about what a man should be or what a man is. So it's the kind of conversation that a father would have in the garage with his son, away from his wife and away from his daughter. Um, you know, they might be listening through the door or through the keyhole, they'll listen. But it's not its not a message intended to make females feel good or happy. That whole politically correct movement, that's to make women feel good. And it's not politically correct. It's not, it's not a nice, cute little message you can have at the dinner table. It's a serious, raw, real message that uh, you know. I think I think it's a it's a very masculine message, very direct, and a lot of women like it, especially married women with kids. They go, "God damn, I need my husband to be like this," or you know, women with boyfriends or whatever. They go, "Geez, give me this," and they it's like a breath of fresh air. But it's not directed at women. It's not supposed to be like, "Hey, let's feel good, ladies." No, this is like we're gonna have some medicine right now. Well, I um, I'm a single woman, and I, and I am attracted to strong men. There's nothing like having a leader. 
you know, um, and, and we have a leader right here in the cafe with me. And before we end the show, let us get your comments. Yeah, I was listening to him when he was saying that the prior man was strong. I can agree with that because the, the prior man was strong because they stayed with their families and they raised their families uh, through hard times. I'm one that to believe that this society is not designed for black men anyway, so we have to stand strong. And today, when he's saying that the men are weak prior to 2020, I can agree with that because there are a lot of men not in the home raising their sons, and that the, the mothers are raising the son. And as you will always say, a woman can't teach a, a boy how to be a man. However, uh, I was listening to him when you asked him, should women read his book? Well, I think they should look at it because we have a lot of women today that are raising sons without the father. And doing that, then maybe if she reads this book, she can get some knowledge and maybe pass it on to her son to read. Because we have a lot of women that are raising men without fathers. And they are, maybe not all, but some of these men are being men raised by their mother because she has brought a a male uh, counterpart into their lives whether it's a friend that she may have or whether it's her uncle or whether it's her brother coming to that son's life. So, in my opinion, we do have a lot of weak men today because they don't understand the struggle that we had. And it's not being taught to the men, I don't think, because men today, some of them, not all of them, they are weak. They even mm. move out of their being, mm. <laughs> and I and I and I say that when I say that they are weak, is the way we have so many young black men don't understand the struggle that we had. I don't know if they've been taught. They need to be taught, and maybe they'll see things in a different light. Because today, our men are just off base. Yeah, uh, going to jail. How can you start a family if you're doing these wrong things and you get locked up early? How can you create a family? How are you how are you passing our generation down? How can you have children if you are uh, incarcerated all of your life as a young man? So yeah, I can agree where uh, some of our men are weak today, especially these young men. And as he was saying, as far as gender. I think some of the the men are weak, and they might choose to live a different life mm-hmm. as a man. And I think when the women choose to live a different life, life as women is because they see they being stronger than the man. So when they see they being stronger than the man, some women fall into that man role, and then they just take it a little further. And I guess I'm speaking in that term with their sexualities, and that goes both ways, with the weak man or the strong man. Well, we have some comments from Facebook Live, and um, one from Alicia Thornton about the same. Let me just read her comment um, while we have a few more minutes on the air. And what she says, letting boys be boys, they reckon, um, I'm sorry, they require safe spaces, dragging boys to calm down, and this is a quote, act more like girls, teaching women to be strong, act more like men, 
trying to make everyone the same, but males and females are different. So she agrees with Stefan in, in his comments. So we, we are different. I, I think, you know, I think we recognize that we're different. You know, I think that I think that I think that parents who are, you know, as, as we label misguiding their children, I, I do not think they are aware of it, and, and I don't think that they know how to change because discipline is complicated and discipline takes work. You know, with the, with the struggle of what they're going through, um, I don't know. Sometimes they just don't have the win. The wind in them, you know, the fire to fight. I, I think it's, I think it's an epidemic of ignorance and being uneducated about how to, how to create change. That, that, that's what I think. That's what I want to believe. Yeah, I think that when we were segregated, <laughs> then black people knew how they had to raise their children, and we are all different cultures and different races. And once they integrated, then black families changed the way of raising their children because society made them change. And, and when we change from raising our children the way our culture needs to be raised, simply because we are always looked at as the underdog, and as I said before, we are living in a society that we have to learn that it's not designed to protect black men. And I always tell my girlfriends when they have sons, and even if the father's not around, don't put their father down in front of them because you're trying to raise a boy to be a man. And and don't put him down because his father's not there. Uh, whatever the reason is, try to uplift him and make him strong. And let him be around your brother or some good right. friends if the father's not around because he does need that mentoring and being a man one day. All right, Stephen, you still hanging out with us? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> All right, we're going to get ready to wrap up our blog talk radio portion of, of the show. We're going to hang out on Facebook Live for a few minutes, but we want to say uh, goodbye to Stephen. I want to thank you for hanging out with us on the show. And you want to say anything to the studio audience in closing? Yeah, you know, if, if you like the discussion today, pick up a book at hardtimestrongmen.com. That's hardtimestrongmen.com. You know, we got a lot of uh, five-star reviews on Amazon, Ninety-five or 97% is five-star reviews. So people are loving this book. It's crazy. It's changing lives. It's hardtimestrongmen.com. All right. Well, thank you, Stephen, for hanging out with me in the cafe. I enjoyed it. You come back and see me again sometime, Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. All right. All right. So here we go. Here we go, folks. Let's wrap up this uh, blog talk portion, and then we'll be right back with you for more Coffee Talk with with me and Sir Lachman. Me and Sir Lachman. All right. Just love this show, Coffee Talk with Soy. That is your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. 
I'd like to thank the listeners and the guests for joining me in the cafe today. What a wonderful time we had. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to download the app, Coffee Talk with Soy, from your app store. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. Stay connected, stay connected, folks, by visiting the website, coffeetalkwithsoy.com, as well as looking for us under your social media sites. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name Coffee Talk with Soy. Remember, the size of the problem is never the issue. Remember, it's the size of you. Be great because you are awesome. Tell them Soy said so. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye.